Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella, so go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is Sode number 80, the Bo Scaife of Sodes. That's a good name. That's a good one. Probably everyone's favorite former Texas Longhorn turned Titan, right? (laughs) There was a pipeline for a while, wasn't there? There There really was. It was almost like anyone who went to Texas had to then graduate to Tennessee uh, Titans. Vince Uh, Young, Michael Griffin, Arakpo came later. Yep. It's kind of like it was like Texas was second city and the Titans were SNL. Like it was just you made <laughs> that eventual progress up there. Uh, Bo Scaife played played entire six year NFL career with Titans, uh, averaging 41.8 catches, 397 yards and two touchdowns per season from 2005 to 2010. I remember he was integral in those Kerry uh, Collins, Vince Young days late in those in the in the early aughts. Yeah, Scaife had some hands on him. He was a big dude as well. He's uh, The Titans have had luck with tight ends. You know, that, That's that been a position where they've always been at least average in, it feels like, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, even going back to Aaron Kinney, you got Frank Wycheck. Wycheck, yep. Um, Algie Crumpler, we don't have to talk about him. Um, Bo Scaife been troop. Algie was Berkser great. Delaney. Algie was great uh, tight end for the Titans outside of when he had the ball inside the 10 yard line against the Ravens in a divisional round of playoffs. Uh, <laughs> other like outside of that, he was great tight end. Um, also the, we could have also gone with the Michael Roan of Sodes or the Anthony Fasano of Sodes. Also again, to your point, great tight ends in Titans history. Yeah. Chester Rogers, I believe is wearing 80 these days. You got to imagine that a team named Tight N would have great tight ends. Uh, I see what you did there. Did that, that'll did play. There? That'll play. Look, it's early in the episode. We'll warm up. <laughs> look, look, it's still it's still week one for us, too. Hey, no matter how bad our jokes are this episode, you got to imagine they're not going to be worse than the Titans performance on Sunday, uh, oh. which we'll get to in a bit. Uh uh, but it is fitting that this is like the tight ends of Sodes, this sode, because um uh Michael. My, my Cole, my Cole, my Cole Pruitt, Pruitt. Mm-hmm. my Cole, it like, it should be Michael, but it's just my Cole, my Cole Pruitt added to the active roster. And they, uh, they added a, a new guy to their practice squad today, uh, by the name of Austin. Um, nice. Hey, uh, Austin for Fort, you. Austin Fort. Yeah. It's good it's, for the Austin brand. It was well, good for the, uh, scout team. Scout teamers named Austin Brand. Huge for us. This is a big day for scout teamers named Austin. People forget you were SEC scout team. Uh, people forget, I, and Jack, you'll appreciate this. I was scout team player of the week for Mizzou 
the week we played Ole Miss back in 2005. Oh, really? Yeah. And they, and look, and I don't mean to bring you up. You need your best, you need your scout team to practice the hardest against Ole Miss. I don't, or, mean to bring during up, Ole Miss week. I don't mean to bring up old wounds, but Mizzou dominated Ole Miss in that game, like Did absolutely they? torched them. And, uh, I think it was because of how well the scout team prepared the team that week. Uh, all right. So this week on uh, the Titan of pod, we've got Zach pillar. Uh, we look, we talked about him last week. He, he was our, remember the Titan Jack and I can't remember who, which of us brought him up as our, I think Jack did maybe, but uh, we can't remember who brought him up. But one of us brought him up in our, remember the Titan. And then we we're like, we need to get him on the podcast. Well, here we are less than a week later. We've got him on the podcast. We've got him on this week. He's great. He is great. You know, look, Zach Pillar is like a like a moving freight train. He takes a little bit to get going, but once we get him going, he is phenomenal. Great stories, a lot of laughs. He's a funny dude. You guys will really like Zach Pillar uh, on this show this week. And, Zach uh, Pillar hates Rod Marinelli. If any of you guys remember head coach Rod Marinelli of the Detroit Lions, yep. who went winless that season with Dan Orlowski at quarterback, Zach Pillar Hates that man. Stick around to the end of the interview. He has an awesome story for his revenge on Rod Marinelli. It is great. It is great. And uh, and yeah, that's it. Um, we're not going to talk about anything else this week. Uh, very short episode. So, man, not a lot of positives to really go over. <laughs> this we'll is talk the, about this... it all. Taylor Lewan yes. had an apology tweet. We're going to have right. to get to that. We are going to, this is, look, I know we're all frustrated. We are all frustrated. Jack and I probably more so than anyone. We are very, very frustrated. This is going to be an episode to vent, okay? We're going to vent, but then we're going to move on. We're going to do the, uh, the old ritual of burying the football. Okay, we're going to take this podcast, we're going to vent, we're going to let it all out, and then we're going to take this podcast and we're going to bury it underground symbolically to let us know that week one is behind us. Okay, plenty of teams. Tom Brady and the Bucks sucked in week one last year. What'd they do? Went on to win the Super Bowl, you know? That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. You got to wipe the play sheet clean. Todd Downing, yeah. looking at you. We're going to talk about you a little bit. Some might say losing badly in week one is a good good thing okay some might we're not saying that but some might say that <laughs> we will get to the, all of that and uh and more uh oh man so, look we're frustrated let's get it all out okay but first let's get a word from the ridge the let ridge say, <laughs> thank you all right i couldn't remember uh, if we were going draft kings or the ridge here let me say a quick word about the ridge located off charlotte avenue and 54th avenue the Ridge does barbecue right. It's known for their originals on their menu. The award-winning Chicano sandwich is something to behold, especially if you like spice. It's brisket, chorizo, pickled jalapenos, finished with a chipotle aioli and queso, served on a French roll and pressed like a Cuban. My mouth is watering right now, Austin. The Ridge offers <laughs> as unique of a menu as you will find across any barbecue spot in Nashville. It's a great place to watch a game, too. Nothing pairs with football like the Ridge's game day wings. They're so delicious. I ordered some. We had people over this past weekend. It was a great success. And it, now if, my mouth is watering. If you head to the Ridge to get these game day wings, you can take them upstairs. They've got a nice upstairs bar. You can wash them down with a couple of cold ones. The best part is if you tell them A to Z Sports sent you, you'll receive a 10% discount on your entire order. Yep, that's right. Download the Ridge app to access their curbside contactless delivery. 
to safely enjoy Nashville's best barbecue. Don't want any germs spreading. Head to the Ridge this weekend if you want to get out of the house to watch some football with some great food and an adult beverage or two. Just make sure to tell them that A to Z Sports sent you. With that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bend. And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome into the Titan Up Podcast. Today is September 15th, 2021. And I, right before literally recording this podcast, opened up a package that I received in the mail, and it is a brand new Steve McNair jersey. And you're probably like, brand new Steve McNair jersey? Dude, Steve McNair hasn't played for the Titans since 2006-ish. Right, they drafted uh, VY in 06, so it would have to have been a little before 2005, that. I think. What, yeah, so okay, so 2005 last year, they Tom, uh, Steve McNair hasn't played for the Titans since 2005. What do you mean, brand new jersey? I mean, what I said, guys, I got one of the brand new designs of the Titans jerseys, and, and I'm rocking it, and it, like I put it on for this sode. So I'm feeling, look, I'm channeling the, the harnessing the energy of Steve McNair the the one of the greatest titans of all time and uh we look we're going to take that energy and we're going to dominate this episode jack because this is the venter's alley of sods right yeah we gotta get a lot off our chest i like how you did a little retail therapy titans wise you know you kept it in house right you you, you, uh (laughs) support local is what you did right well full disclosure i I bought this jersey before week one (laughs) Hoping it just now arrived. Okay, it just now arrived. I I kind of wish I would have had this jersey before week one because now it's like I get it. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I remember. I remember this team. They came out and pooped the bed week one against the Cardinals of all teams. And Cardinals aren't bad. We learned we learned that they they could be a contender. I mean, they've got a really difficult division out in the NFC, but uh, they're they're no slouch in themselves. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And they they should be better. They should be really good. And based off of what we saw in week one, uh, they should be amazing. And look, I know <laughs> it is really hard to go off of this. This week is always it's for me coming in. the. I, I worked in the world of sports talk radio for a decade plus. OK, week one, the, the week after week one was always my least favorite week of the year because People would overreact to literally everything. Right now, people are thinking, oh, the Cardinals could be a Super Bowl contender. The Tennessee Titans, well, they suck. And I get that because literally that's the only thing we have to play off of. But don't overreact. Don't think that just because of what you saw week one is going to be the case for the rest of the season. It's not, okay? But... With that said, I, I'm not saying don't be frustrated with it. I'm just saying don't think that the rest of the season is going to go the way Monday or Sunday went. It's it, it's not, and you'd be you'd be remiss if you thought it was. Like I said, off the top, look at look at what went down week one last year, and if we would have overreacted to all of that, it, it, like the NFL season was completely different. It's such a long season. 
week one is a liar. It is a straight up, it is a bold faced liar. It will tell you to your face what you think you should know and what you think you should believe going into this NFL season. And then it everything will change. So don't freak out. Now, with that said, this offensive line sucks and we should totally I mean, freak out. <laughs> see, the thing is, yeah, week one is a liar sometimes going off that Always Sunny episode um, where they discredit all the famous scientists. But the, the, the thing is, you know, and I had a bad feeling that something like this would happen where we spend all offseason worrying about how the defense is going to look and then the offense comes out and maybe starts a little slower. Um, of all the position groups, I really thought offensive line, especially that left side, would be shored up and ready to go week one. Now Taylor right. Juan. That, that wasn't it, even on my list of things like that. I was like, I, I was watching closely because I was, there was no concern there going into week one. It, Taylor Lewan is still less than a year removed from his ACL surgery. So maybe he's still getting back. But I mean, if you're out there, you got to be ready to go. If you are on the field, no one's going to make excuses for you. You, you know, uh, especially if you're a three-time Pro Bowl left tackle who has a podcast, who's very loud, who's very vocal on social media, who's very out there and outgoing. And a lot of people, uh, you know, support it. You know, the Taylor Lewan is my dad thing. I never really got behind it. thought it was a little weird, but enough people got behind it to where it was a thing. And uh, I, I, I own a sh- I own that shirt. Uh, shout out to uh, Hang 10. Uh, I own the Taylor Lewan is my dad shirt. And, you know, sometimes like sometimes you're embarrassed by your dad. In fact, a lot of times I would say you're embarrassed by your dad. <laughs> And Sunday, I was extremely embarrassed. Like, my dad came to pick me up in the carpool lane wearing nothing but a Speedo. That's how embarrassed I was on Sunday of my dad, Taylor Lewan. And when you're that outgoing and you're that out there and you're that big of a presence, that opens up for maybe when you have a stinker, some some criticism and maybe a lot of criticism, which is what's been going on. Taylor Lewan decided to take to Twitter to tweet his apology. He was apologizing to the fans and – what irks me about this is that this is not the first time that this has happened where Taylor Lewan has had a bad game and just immediately apologizes to everybody. And the last time I believe was the penalty rant, right? Like my penalties are a fucking problem. You remember that rant? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I hate that this is acknowledged immediately after not during the game. And maybe it was obviously he knew he wasn't playing well, but I would big oh, was, it, was it was it Chandler Jones's five sacks? Was that was that the reason why th- we think th- he wasn't him, playing well? Thinking or, or, him or, or, or was exposing it the, Taylor was or, annoying. Maybe it was the video that we saw literally right before we came on this podcast of Buddha Baker. What five foot nine, 185 pound Buddha Baker literally bowling over Taylor Lewan like he was a freaking bowling pin just knocked him over. Derrick Henry didn't slam Josh Norman into the earth's core as hard as Buda Baker slammed Taylor Lewan into the ground. Just did not look ready for live action. And maybe it was part of this. You could look at on, you know, the starters didn't get a lot of reps together in the preseason. And there were a few teams that fell victim to some of that, you, you know, Belichick, he rested his starters for a majority of the preseason. Yep. Um, they got uh, the- Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't get a lot of preseason action. Minnesota, they didn't play their guys in the preseason much. Um, So maybe that's a a week one thing, and that's a risk that, okay, maybe you can be willing to take, but you, as a head coach, you have to try and survive week one because is losing week one, you know, is is the negative side of that, does that cancel out the – the health benefits where, you know, you have Derrick Henry 
on, right. on a pretty much a full off season of rest, no carries against actual NFL teams. Right. Um, you, you know, you got to kind of weigh those, those two things and see if, it, if it's worth it. But when you come out and have a stinker like that, man, mm-hmm. it's, it, it really makes you question a lot of things and, and not as much Mike Vrabel, but, we have a new offensive coordinator that we're looking yeah. at this year in Todd Downing. He did not call a great game. The defense, they didn't look much better, especially on third down. Uh, Kyler Murray was was looking like a you know a player on Madden, a, a player you customize with ninety nine overall on Madden, just running running circles around the Titans front four, and and then the offensive line problems. Chandler Jones, right? He, had, he hit Ryan Tannehill six times by himself, five sacks, two forced fumbles. Ryan Tannehill in the first four games of last season was sacked just three times. Yeah. Okay. Chandler Jones sacked him three times in one quarter. That's the first time that's ever been done in NFL history since stats were recorded. Uh, you, you know, with, with with sacks being a, an official stat, that's the first time that's ever happened in Week One history in the NFL. Chandler I mean, Jones's wife hasn't seen Chandler uh, a Chandler Jones sack as much as we saw on Sunday. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Look, I Taylor and r- real it's, quick, uh, and, but it was true. I, I mean, it was five it, sacks in two uh, in three hours. That's so uh, many yeah. sacks in such a short span of time. Yeah, no, and I get it, and I get it, and we're we look. We want. I want to get into all of this. Everything that you just mentioned, I want to get into it all. Uh, and you talked about uh, the. You know, starting down in an 01 hole, it it hurts. And but it's not the end of the world. Starting down in an 02 hole kind of is though, because you see the stats all the time of when teams start 02, their chance to like their their likelihood to miss the playoffs completely is it, it skyrockets. Now, with that said, this is now this is the 17 game schedule. So we don't know if the if those numbers are equate over to a 17 game schedule the same way they would for a 16 game schedule. But we know off of a 16 game schedule, if you start on two, you're down in a hole and the Titans have a huge matchup this weekend against the Seahawks, which again, we will get into, but the NFC West playing the NFC West this year, that draw for the yeah, AFC right? South, the, the NFC West is going to beat up everybody. Okay? And yeah. And then on top of that, throwing the chiefs, the top of the AFC West, which is seems to looks to be like another great division. I think everyone in that division went, yeah, both, both divisions are undefeated heading into week two. And you know, when you look out in the NFC West, you, you have all, all four of those teams capable of beating anybody. The Colts are 0 and one, which helps. They lost to the Seahawks last week. Um, the Seahawks exposed them with big plays. Now this is a Titan secondary and a Titans defense in general that last year, Giving up the big play was their big problem. Yes. Now, the, the, uh, and <laughs> look, Jack and I, yes, we, yes, hand raised. We predicted 17 and 0 this season when we, in our, in our episode where we went down the game schedule one by one, it just so happened we crunched the numbers and we happened to come across the, ba- the same record and we both said 17 and 0. I, 16 and 1 is still in play. Okay. Let that be clear. But, Real quick, I want to I want to go back to the whole Taylor Lewan thing because, and I think you brought up a good point where this isn't the first time we've gotten the old Taylor Lewan apology tour, where it's the oh I need to work better, I need to work harder, I need to do this. I'm sorry to Titans fans and to my teammates. Uh, I need to be better. There's two. This is a multifaceted Man, conversation, in my opinion. I feel like this is it's 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 more nuanced than picking one thing or another. 
first of all, to have that self-awareness, I appreciate and I respect. Uh, there's a lot of guys in the league who would never swallow their pride and admit that publicly. And he did so on Twitter, which is far worse than even doing it in a press conference because we all know how uh, just a vat of, it is a a, a vat of just- um, Negativity. Yeah, negativity, thank you. Uh, just a, an awful cesspool of human filth known as Twitter.com. So for him to do that, look, respect, okay? But it, like you said, this isn't the first time he's done this. This isn't the first time that he's apologized for his performance. And that's where it's kind of starting to irk me a little bit. Again, I respect him. I appreciate the move. It's better than him just not, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, think I don't think it is in this case, Austin. I really don't. I would rather have not heard from him all week. And he comes out in Seattle and proves that he is, you know, he's heard this. He knows he, he he's let his team down in week one. And he comes out against Seattle and stuffs Carlos Dunlap. I want to see that on Sunday. I don't need to hear any apology. Yeah. I, you know, I'll forgive you once you start playing better. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe a lot of people are like, okay, well, I needed to hear something from him. I need him to acknowledge that he played so badly. Okay. Well, that's one thing, but I, with Taylor Lewan and Taylor Lewan is a very specific case. I, I I'm wondering if he thought he could just tweet this out and it would, you know, it would be okay. It's just week one, whatever. We'll, we'll, for, we'll forgive him. But it's like, no, it, we, we can't move on that quickly because this is a huge problem. Yeah. If Derrick Henry can't run left, there's hats that say run left on them. I mean, you, you make all of this merch. You do all of these things. You're so loud. And here's what's different. You can be loud and be a three-time pro bowler, and everyone in Nashville will love you. Yeah. Every single time. Every single time. You play well, and you're loud, and you have your podcast, and you're big on social media, and you're this big, loud presence – everyone's going to fall in love with you. But on the flip side of that, if you are big and loud and bad, like he was on Sunday, giving up two sacks to, to Chandler Jones, the offense, uh, the offensive line in general gave up six. He, he allowed five quarterback hits tied with Nate Davis for the most on the team. He was a liability to Tannehill. He opens himself up to so much criticism that is completely and totally fair yeah. just because of how loud he is typically. Well, you can be loud and great, and that's one thing, but being loud and bad whew, opens up a whole can of worms. And I've never been one of those people who's like, oh, well, oh, uh, you know, oh, why don't you quit podcasting and start practicing more? Why don't you quit podcasting and, and start watching the tape? I've never been one of those guys. And frankly, I, I honestly, I kind of hate those fans that, 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 throw out that kind of crap but again having that opens you up to that criticism but exactly and it does whether it's fair or not and i think and and i think when you play as poorly as you do you're opening yourself up to that criticism is it fair i think it's a little bit more fair when you do play as poorly as he did especially in a week one when you come off when you come off an off season an entire off season of work week one should be the game like where it's like okay i'm ready to play i'm ready to freaking fight my ass off i'm rested i don't you know i'm not tired from last week or anything like that he pretty much sat out the entire preseason so and then you go out and you get your ass handed to you by Chandler Jones and freaking Buddha Baker JJ Watt i mean that that defensive line is nothing to play with Buddha Buda Baker, man, freaking dude, sounds like he has his own show on a on the Food Network. Yeah, he's a, he's a Pro Bowl safety though. Pine, yes, he is a Pro Bowl safety. Uh, he did get caught caught uh, by DK Metcalf in that famous meme from last season. Uh, but <laughs> he, uh, but Taylor Lewan, 
when you do come out and you play that poorly, like the, I do, I, I do start to think about, okay, maybe, maybe this whole podcasting thing, getting the, the Chevy deals look good for him. And I, I, I love the success. It's a great podcast, but part of me is like, how is this any different of him doing the podcast mid season? How is it any different than if he went and worked a, you know, 20 hour shift or 20 hours a week at Starbucks? How is it any different? I, it's literally him having a second job. And it's like, okay, well, when your second a, job, when your side hustle gets in the way of your main hustle, that's when it becomes an issue. I, I've never said anything. Look, I, I run a website on the side of my uh, morning radio show, okay? I do a podcast. I do this podcast on the side of my morning radio show. If this ever interfered with my main job, my employers would be pissed at me. Just as I think the Titans should be a little bit pissed with Taylor Lewan because the amount of effort and time that's going into that, that's blown up. It's it's doing great, which good for him. But it, when you go out and you play that poorly on a Sunday, that's when it's like, whoa, we need to pump the brakes on this damn bus for a little bit. No pun. Well, actually, the pun was slightly intended. But but you see what I'm saying? Like that's when it starts to become an issue, and that's where the criticism comes into play. And again, from fans, fans can are gonna say what they want and they will. But I'm talking about from a Titans perspective. It's like, hey. Taylor, let's maybe, if you're going to come out and pr produce like this, you may be becoming a podcaster way sooner than you want to be. This is how many times we see players leave their careers, like when they retire and then go into broadcasting. Brad Hopkins is a prime example. He, he didn't broadcast while he was still a player. He waited till his days were over it's, and, and, and that's, he got it's, into it. And, and they be, have that luxury to wait. It's it's a it's a new era that we are in, but no, I completely agree with you. There's and you brought up a perfect example. Um, yeah, the Brad uh, Hopkins reference is probably. Well, a little well, no, I was talking about the the two jobs. If you're not performing adequately in your main job, then what are your employers going to say? Well, are are you distracted? Is there anything else going on? And you, you say, oh, well, I have this other job that I'm kind of focused on that I'm working on a little on the side. Well, your main priority is to be good at this job. Yeah, this is how you're making your money. This is why we are paying you to be a pro bowl left tackle. He's right. not getting paid $5 million a year. Well, he's and, not. And he's not having a, a successful podcast if he's not on the Tennessee Titans. So the Titans are essentially paying his way to be successful in, in his side hustle. Nobody's going to listen to, I mean, well, Taylor's actually, he's actually pretty funny and he's very entertaining dude, but like, it doesn't matter Taylor, though right now. <laughs> free unrestricted free agent Taylor Lewan and unrestricted free agent Will Compton holding a podcast. It probably doesn't have near as much the success as it does with Taylor Lewan actually being in the NFL currently right now. And if he was making you know what if he was on a three-year $15 million deal, it'd be totally different. But that's not what he's on. He's on a five-year $80 million highest contract. Paid, highest paid lineman when he signed his deal. It's on it's on a, and then look. Then he comes out of the game, and I understand we're hammering Taylor Lewan, and he's going to play better down the road, but we're going to we have to do this now. He comes out of the game and sits on the, the bike for a little bit. Kendall yeah. Lamb comes in. Kendall Lamb, what a disastrous Kendall day. Kendall Lamb, goodness gracious, dude. Two false starts, gave up a strip good sack. Thing he <laughs> good thing he doesn't have a podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, he that, the one stars that would be flooding into Kendall Lamb's podcast reviews, uh, you know, would, would be overwhelming, but. Going back to this, it wasn't – it was Taylor Lewan, but the offensive line in general. Saffold gave up that sack yeah. on that stunt that Chandler Jones pulled. Ben Jones gave up a sack. Kendall Lamb yeah. gave up a sack. Nate Davis Not, gave up a sack. 
Um, not, but, not a great start to the get Saffold laid campaign that we started. No, it wasn't. It was not a great start. And uh, in, in one more thing, one more number while we're on the, the topic of sacks. Yeah. Tannehill was never sacked in a game more than three times last season. Not one time was he sacked over three times in a game last season. Six sacks in week one. That's a problem. And when you have all of these weapons, they don't work without Tannehill. If you don't keep his jersey clean and you don't keep him healthy, Julio Jones doesn't matter to this team. You know, bringing in a defense or, you know, hopefully improving your defense, which really wasn't that much improved, um, you know, from what we saw on Sunday. None of that matters. None of John Robinson's moves matter without Tannehill being healthy. So he is the first priority in this offense. I know a lot of people forget about that with Derrick Henry and all the receivers, but none of that, none of that works with anyone besides Tannehill behind center. And the last thing I'll say on uh, Taylor Lewan, and again, we're not trying to just rip this dude to shreds, even though we kind of just did. Uh, but it's again, the, and I'm I, I'm sorry to like I keep bringing it up, but the tweet. How often do you see a tweet like that from Eric Fisher or a, a David Bakhtiari or a Trent Williams or a Jack Conklin? I miss you, Jack. Uh, you don't. You don't see those tweets, let alone multiple times. You don't David see Whitworth the, the apologies Whitworth, yeah. for how you're playing multiple times. And maybe that's just because guys aren't speaking up when they play, but I'm getting kind of sick of the apologies and want to just see you. For, and this, I don't, I hate the shut up and dribble people, but it's like when you're this outspoken and you're playing this poorly, maybe stop being so outspoken and just play better. Just go, just work better and play better. Use the whole off season to, to talk and chat. And it's like LeBron and proud. When LeBron goes to the playoffs, it's the zero dark 30. He gets yeah, off social exactly. media. Exactly. And, and, and that has worked wonders for him. He turns it up in the playoffs. Like yeah. that, like that, what I think is, that's what I wish players would have more of. And you see that a lot of times with the uh, college football programs, uh, I don't know if Nick Saban still does it, but there was a point where Nick Saban had his whole team not go on social media during the season. Like, there's just something to that. Block out the distractions and just focus on and, Sunday. And it's harder because that's college, and you know these are these are grown ass and these are yes, dudes. and these are grown men, and they should be given more liberties to be able to have normal lives outside of work. So Austin, we've kind of hit the O line. But the other disappointing part of the offensive performance, we're going to get to defensive here shortly. But let's... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry. I, I, had yeah. one last, I had one last joke that I just realized I, I wrote down here. If I wanted to read regretful tweets from a Titan O-lineman, we should have just kept Isaiah Wilson on staff. <laughs> <laughs> Folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It is true. But, but – Moving on from the offensive line, because we do have to, um, Todd Downing, it was his first game as an offensive coordinator yes. for the Tennessee Titans, and yep. it didn't go well. Um, yeah, what would very you, what vanilla. Would you, what would you grade him, letter grade, for week one? Grade very first Todd game. Downing. Well, I mean, I, nothing worked, so uh, he does not get a passing grade. D minus? D? Todd, Todd Downing coached how Actually, I Actually, you know what? No, I'm going to give him an F. And I have some numbers. Oh, wow. I have, an, I have numbers to prove. Okay. All right. Uh, Todd Downing coached how I thought Arthur Smith was going to turn out. <laughs> Arthur Smith, man, Titans, if you didn't appreciate Arthur Smith, now you do. 
Okay. Yeah. The, when the Titans promoted tight ends coached Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, I was pissed. I was legitimately pissed. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. They, uh, they, oh, the tight ends coach is the best offensive coordinator this team could get. And then Arthur Smith ended up being amazing. So then when Todd Downing, tight ends coach, gets promoted, I'm like, yeah. Uh, that, okay yeah let's see if we can lightning can strike twice and one weekend i don't think uh it's even cloudy right now let alone lightning yeah it, this is not and what's different here is downing has had play calling experience in, in in the past um and arthur smith didn't but for the titans offensively this is what really concerns me 3.8 yards per play last in the NFL, the least efficient offense in the NFL has this Julio the, Jones, AJ Brown, Derrick Henry, and Ryan Tannehill. This is the third best offense in the entire NFL last year, who spent a couple of weeks as the number one offense in the NFL last year. Here's one more. Downing only called play action five times this game. He used, he used play action five times. Play action is something that the Titans did over 50% of the time in early downs last year. Okay. Being first and second downs, Todd or Arthur Smith would love that play action because who in the NFL commands more attention in play action than Derrick Henry? Nobody. If you have Derrick yeah. Henry out there for a pass play, there, there's, there's really no use unless you're not faking a handoff to the man. Uh, it keeps safeties on their toes. It keeps defenses on their toes. And that's another thing is, is Todd Downing, to me, it was very predictable. The, the Cardinals' defense didn't seem to be on their toes very much. And now Arthur Smith, you can make the case where he was a little too out of the box. He had, you know, he would throw to alignment on occasion. He would throw to Aaron Brewer on fourth or third down. Or, or no, excuse me, fourth down. Uh, he would put John o. Smith at running back. He would do all of these different things. And Todd Downing, yes, he has time to do that and time to grow. But to use play action just five times, and, and on those five times, the Titans were sacked on two of those dropbacks. Tannehill was sacked on two of those. Yeah, yeah. It, because I, it, because like the, the, the few the few times he ran play action, it was like on a play action like boot, and so you have uh, you have uh, uh, Tannehill rolling out of the pocket after the play action, and it's and it's leaving it's leaving a man exposed, and so sure enough, he's got a man in his face, like. Uh, the, the few times they actually did go play action. And, I, and I'm glad you actually brought that up, Jack, because I, I thought that during and then extremely after the game, how little they ran play action. This, like you said, this was a, this was a team that was built around that success last year. Ryan Tannehill became the quarterback he was because he had easy throws to complete because you have defenses sucking in on, on trying to stop that beast behemoth that you have in the backfield. You, you, fake it, Henry. you fake it to Henry and you have a tight end running a seam or a skinny post from AJ or, you know, just any route down the middle of the field. And what did Tannehill do great last year? He threw the deep ball great. Yes. Uh, and that, that's what play action does. It sets up that deep ball. Um, and, we didn't and, get and, to and, see him really throw downfield a whole lot this game. And I'm that, that deep ball was something I was looking for on the very first series. Honestly, I was kind of hoping for it on the very first play, but I think you chose the perfect word for Todd Downing's game plan. Predictable. Yeah. It was the most predictable thing I've seen. And first down run after first down run. The, the very first play of the game I was actually kind of annoyed with was if you would, if you would pull 99% of 
the entire NFL. What do you think the Titans will run on first down? The first play of their season. What do you think they'll run? Probably Derrick Henry and probably to that left side of the football because where they're strongest. What did they do? They ran Derrick Henry to the left side. Of, they ran him left. They ran him left. That say run left on them. Everyone and, could have you know could have guessed what was coming there. And honestly, I don't care if this was an eight yard run or the outcome that it had, which was a negative two yard run. I don't care about the outcome. I'm I'm concerned with the play call. Why would you not first play of the season? You're at home. You're against Arizona, who's you know defense what didn't we talk about it last week their secondary is probably the weakest link of their defense jim wyatt said that their corners were uh, you know if their defense had a weakness their corners were probably it right which and to their credit they have a great defense but if they had a weakness it would be their corners so why not i don't know and this is this might just be crazy austin talking but you run a play action and then you just throw it deep either aj on one side julio on the other go for it all First down. What's the worst that happened? Second and 10? Well, it's better than second and 12 is what you got by running it left. So Downing struggled to establish the run, and and the Titans in general did. It's not just Downing because, you know, with that offensive line play, it's it's really hard to do anything. If your offensive line isn't cooperating. That opens things up for him. It makes his job easier, yes. And and they couldn't do that because in the first half, Derrick Henry had nine carries for just eight yards. So the Cardinals weren't worried about that. They had they had a game plan for stopping Henry, and it was those long defensive, you know, that front seven with those long arms and in and, and good speed, um, slow him down. And you know, Henry finished with fifty eight yards. How about this though, Austin? Which 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 I and and give credit where it's due. That that to me spoke of halftime adjustments. The offense did look better in the second half. Now, granted. It, I don't. They it just looked bad the, the first whole half, game. But, but things changed. They did get better in the second half. So if that's halftime adjustments, good. We that's very much welcomed. Uh, it's on, just on this uh, team. I don't know that there was there there were a ton of halftime. It, it just didn't seem like it because here, here's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. On this offense, who are the who are the three main cogs? Would you say or really you you can yeah three main cogs not including Tannehill. Uh, it, it's pretty Derek easy, Henry. right? Yeah. Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, and Nick Westbrook Akine. <laughs> he was one of the guys at the end of the first half who I was not completely pissed at. Nick Westbrook. He did have Akine. a catch, almost a touchdown. Yeah, he really did. That was a huge play on third down that led to a touchdown. Yeah, that is but, wait. And Cam Batson being out. Cam Batson is normally the the huge third play, third down third play down guy. guy. Yeah. So Nick Westbrook Akine filling in that role. People uh, are asking. Look, he, he looked good. Um, but here's my biggest concern is Chester Rogers. Led the Titans yes. in receiving. Yeah. It, it, great for Chester Rogers, four sure. catches for 62 yards. But what the hell? Get right. the ball to A.J. Brown. Get the ball to Julio Jones. Julio had a, a, a maybe you could say a couple drops and a stupid penalty um, that Vrabel really let him have it over. Yeah, Vrabel um, cost, dude. I, I, I don't – Vrabel may want that one back because Julio's not a young guy. Julio knows that was stupid. Um, but either way, you you got to get the ball to those two guys. On, you have on the to broadcast. get the ball. On that Julio penalty, first of all, we were all frustrated. I, yeah. I don't, I don't know why he, Julio really was called on that. There was pushing and shoving, but it seemed, I don't know, it seemed to me like it went both ways. But yeah. you can't get into a scuffle like that. It would have been third and one instead. It was third and sixteen. You could with see a sputtering offense. Yeah, Rabel, you need all the help. Rabel was livid. Yeah, because I mean, third and one, Derrick Henry's picking up that one yard, no question. But third and sixteen, you're not 
converting a third and 16. Downing has to find a way to get A.J. Brown the ball in space. Now, yes. whether that's a screen, whether that's, you know, a quick little uh, slant route over the middle, if it's a comeback route at the chains, that's fine. Got to find a way to get the ball in his hands because he does most of his work after the catch. That's mm-hmm. a playmaker. Julio Jones is also a playmaker. Get those guys the ball. Got to drop stuff for those guys. I need to see that in week two. And this is a Seahawks defense in week two that against Indianapolis really thrived. They hit Carson Wentz 10 times. Jeez. Okay. So, so they're, they're, their front Wentz four is going to okay? be active. <laughs> no, I That's no, like eight, he's not eight okay. More, eight more times than he usually gets hit before a season ending surgery. Yeah. So, so I mean, the Seahawks front four is nothing to mess with either. I mentioned Carlos Dunlap earlier. He's going to be a handful. So the Titans have to figure this out. And, you know, after the end of that game, I was thinking to myself, I was like, Man, there seem to be just too many problems to fix in just seven days. Right. It, it feels like that, doesn't it? Right. And, and, and it was a classic case of it, it's not will you lose, it's it's how you lose. And, and the Titans got the hell beat out of them. The, yeah. the Lions, they were biting at kneecaps. They, they gave the 49ers a run down 17 with two minutes ago. They almost came back and sent that game to OT. Yeah. The Titans just never threatened. The defense – Seven of 13 on third down, same story as last year. Um, you know, a couple sacks, a couple TFLs. They hit Murray a couple times, but I mean, with, with a quarterback who moves around as much as he does, you're going to get some of those. Christian Fulton, really the only guy on the defensive side of the ball I was pleased with. I, I thought his growth was, was on display. He, did, he had a couple good pass breakups as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, Great to see. But outside, there's just very few bright spots, and that's rare to say about a team with so many talented guys. Great to see a Christian actually doing work on Sundays, right? <laughs> okay. The, okay. Now sorry. we're getting somewhere. All right. Now we're getting Look, somewhere. Again, remember, just as bad as we are this week, don't forget, we're not near as bad as the Titans were. Uh, yeah. So Todd Downing, look, uh, I don't know, man. I like just you got to be just as much better as your your players need to be. So. I like just look, don't Massive don't jump. I want to say, I want to say like, don't overthink it and keep it simple, dude. But like, if you keep it simple, he kind of did. <laughs> he just ran the ball and threw the ball. He didn't run any play action. So I'm like, all right, don't keep it so simple to where you don't run play action. Give us something. Like if you've got four downs, what you, he ran five play actions, the entire game. Yeah. I want to see five play actions and four downs. How about that? <laughs> One of those plays just run two play yeah, actions. There I was no know. east west. There was no there there was no gadget really. And I mean, the most basic of gadget plays is the flea flicker, which actually worked. So I got to yeah. give him credit for that. I love a good right. flea flicker. But we got to dig a little deeper into that bag. We got a long season ahead of us, and I know that bag is deep. Let's 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 maybe stick our hand to the bottom. Maybe pull out a little uh out a little popcorn seed or something you know or, or maybe a little nickel that's in the bottom of your bag yeah whatever it is maybe it's a fry let's get there let's see what he can do uh, he, he's got a I, I want to be wild week two i want to be really impressed because the titans are going to probably have to score 30 to win against this seahawks offense with dk metcalf tyler lockett yeah chris carson's a good running back and russell wilson i do believe that a kyler murray you know preparing for kyler murray a lot of a lot of some of the basic principles will be able to translate to week two, and we can really see if the Titans defense learns from their mistakes in week one and, and kind of corrals Russell Wilson and you know, do not let Russ cook. That's the motto for the Titans. Do not, yeah. Mr. Keep Mr. Unlimited limited. 
just try and do that. Uh, well I don't said. know how. I don't know how you do. But uh, before we get to Zach Pillar uh, and a word from DraftKings, uh, real quick, the defense. Um, I don't know how to feel about this defense. I don't know. Uh, like I here, I was. I was. I, I came out of the game being like, well, at least they they played better on third down defense. But then Jack tells me literally right before we start recording, uh, no, they allowed fifty three percent of third downs. Seven of thirteen. Last season, they allowed 52%, and they were, what, dead last in the it's NFL? Historically bad, yeah. So the Titans, bad. the Titans right now, 53.8% um, on third down. That's 27th in the league. Yeah. So, so I guess it is an improvement, you, you know, in regards to standings because the Titans aren't 32nd. They're 27th. Oh, that's good. That's good. Percentage-wise, it's worse. Yeah. Uh, I, I look and and I the the points the thirty seven points given up that doesn't concern me as much. They were this offense did them no favors by allowing yeah, a short, short field. field. That that look I I'm I that one I don't hate. In fact, if anything, I'm encouraged by the fact that it took two drives and two drives and a circus catch from DeAndre Hopkins in the back of the end zone for them to hit double digits uh, points when they had, when they started both of those drives inside their own 20. So you start two drives in the red zone and it, it takes that just to get double digits points. Like they should have easily had two touchdowns. You could, I mean, they were a circus catch away from getting out of there with only allowing two field goals. So to me, I, I don't know. I, I was encouraged by the defense. Am I crazy for saying that? Am I crazy for thinking that? Like, uh, I I still think the jury's out. I mean, I'm not encouraged by them yeah. per se. The Titans got dominated in all three facets: special teams, offense, defense, and you can throw in coaching because Kingsbury yeah. had a much better game plan than Vrabel did. Yeah, and just, I, just as bad of a start. I mean, if you're not the Green Bay Packers in Week One, you're the Tennessee Titans had the next worst performance. No question about it. Green Bay threw up the biggest stinker. The Titans right in front of them. Just and right know, in front of them. I mean, I, I know a lot of, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is like, I would say the Titans had arguably the most disappointing performance of the, of the season. And that, 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 that's including a Buffalo bills team who was up 10, nothing on the Steelers at home. They just they, had a blocked punt, a blocked punt happens, you know, right. And getting dominated losing, thoroughly in, in, in every area possible. That shouldn't happen with a team that's had a winning record the last five seasons. It's, you know, been in the playoffs the last few in a row. It's, it's got to get fixed. And it, it, I don't know that it can get fixed in such a short time span, but man, I'm, I'm holding out hope because I know there's talent. Sometimes you need these wake up calls and it, it and, and I'll be honest, it there felt like there was a lot of off season hype with this team, a lot of off season hype. And a lot of people were, you know, I, I think this team probably felt like, Hey, we're good. We've got three of the best offensive players in the sport on our offense all we have to do is show up. And clearly that wasn't the case. I'm glad this wake up call. I love the video of Derrick Henry chewing out his offensive lineman on the sideline. That's kind of gone viral mm -hmm. a little bit this week. He chewing out offensive lineman during the game. Like dude, that is not his personality at all. No, it's not like, but he's a leader. He's a leader. Yeah. He's a very, he's a silent leader. He kind of walks the walk and everyone by follows. So when he does open his mouth, you know, they're listening and you know, they're pissed. AJ Brown after the game was pissed. And I know a lot of people wanted to clown uh, Janoris Jenkins, sorry, Jack Rabbit, uh, after like he he did not have a great game. But to me, again, it kind of goes into this whole offense. This was essentially the Titans' fourth preseason game, and they 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 played like it. 
It, Roger, Roger Saffold said it perfectly. He said, you know what, this year there's 17 games. This was our mulligan. It has to be your mulligan because if they throw another performance like this out on Sunday, things are going to yeah. have to get shaken up. Well, it's just like in golf, you know, that you get a mulligan off the first tee box. And then after that, you're it's fair game. Like, mm-hmm. look, exactly. no more mulligans after this one. So, um, and they're uh, very lucky the Colts lost and the Colts have the Rams this weekend. And, you know, we, we said the first five games, the Colts probably have the hardest schedule in the NFL. The Titans have to take advantage. They have to. They do. Beat the Seahawks on the road this weekend. Bounce back. And we got to give credit to where credit is due. The AFC South division leaders, Houston Texans. Here I am, like they're in first place, and I still want to laugh at them because I that's, just like, what the hell? What How get. did this? What that's what we get. we get as a podcast. That's what we get. We deserve that. Uh, it's okay. So. I can handle it as long as it's week one and not week 17. That's true. That's a good point. It's a good point. All right. Uh, let's get a, a word now from DraftKings. Week one may be over, but the season's just getting started at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off week two, DraftKings is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $1 on any football game this week and receive $200 in free bets instantly, no matter what. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code A to Z Sports to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any football game. That's promo code A to Z Sports to get your $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older and present in Tennessee to bet. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. Now let's get to Zach Pillar! So our guest this week, you may remember from uh, last week's sode when he was our Remember the Titan. And we started talking, Jack and I were like, man, we need to get the guy on the on th- this podcast because he's hilarious. And I feel like he fits us and our mold and the way that we don't take ourselves too seriously very well. And so here we are less than a week later and we've got him on the podcast. He's number 69 in your playbooks. <laughs> nice. And, but number one in our hearts, uh, he is, uh, you can, you can follow him. Well, kind of him, uh, on Instagram neighbors, Germantown or neighbors, Sylvan park sound familiar. He is, uh, if, if, I mean, I don't know if you can, you can't see this cause it's a podcast, but looking like you, Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the red nosed reindeer right now with the most glorious beard. I think I have ever seen. He is Mr. Zach pillar. Zach, how are you, man? I'm fine. Thanks for having me. You guys, everything is good in my world. So thank well, you. It's looking good. I'll say that. When did you start growing that beard? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah. Uh, pretty much. January 1st of this year. Really? Of this year? That's insane growth. I, I was going to say, that thing looks like if you started it like in, I don't know, like 2014. 
No, I'm, I want to get the year beard going. And as I, as I'm looking at myself in this Zoom call, I feel like I should like go on tour as like a ventriloquist because you can't see my lips. <laughs> oh, I yeah, we've been I we chatted over. Yeah, we chatted you up before we even started recording, and uh, I I haven't seen your lips move this entire yeah, time. Like there. part of me wonders, <laughs> part of me wonders if you're even talking or if this is just like a Zoom yeah. background or something. Yeah. This is just a cardboard cutout of it. <laughs> I'm sitting on the couch. Oh, uh, so, uh, so yeah. So Tom Hanks from Castaway joining us now. Uh, Tom, uh, I want to ask you what? Okay, Saturday. Or excuse me. Sunday was just a. It was awful. It was as bad as it possibly could have gotten for the Titans. Uh, and I think the biggest reason for that, at least offensively started up front with the offensive line. You being a former offensive lineman, I want to ask you first and foremost, right out the gate, has there ever been a game where like you guys just shit the bed for lack of a better term? And if so, oh, what do you do? What do you do to come back from that? Yeah. Um, quite honestly, I don't remember a game where we gave up you know, five, six sacks. I just don't remember that. Uh, Munchak, um, he always had us prepared. Uh, we stayed very long in meetings. Um, he really worked on, you know, getting our assignments down first and foremost. Because if you know your assignments, then you can uh, really just focus in on technique and, and study the guy across from you exactly what his tendencies are, what he likes to do. I mean, he was like, I don't know. He was kind of like the guy in a beautiful mind where Munch could break, break the tape down and then he could finally, you know, figure it out. So I don't remember. I mean, I remember games where like me personally, where I could get frustrated for sure. Like um, it rarely happened, but if somebody was just, doing something that got me, you know, frazzled, then I'd be on the sidelines freaking out and Munch would say, Hey man, calm the fuck down. So uh, <laughs> other than that, no, I mean, sure. I've given up sacks before and I've given up hits before, but no, that was, uh, they just looked like they were ill-prepared. They looked like they were, um, thinking Hey, if we just roll out on the field, we're going to win the game. They, there wasn't a whole lot there. Um, I'm thankful that, you know, I didn't, uh, I haven't experienced something like that before. Oh, okay. Well, that makes us feel a lot better uh, that this is as worse as you've ever seen it. And uh, you've basically a- been, been here since, uh, I mean, you were a lifer with the Titans uh, for your career. And then, and then, and then, uh, you know, you've obviously stayed in Nashville and you've watched them, every year since so i'm glad because it was brought up to me and um this is one of my great buddies is fred miller when he played for the rams i remember uh he had several false starts against javon <laughs> curse that's uh, right that's right the season in 99 i think he had maybe four or five and you know it had a lot to do with the crowd it it, it got in his head and uh Obviously, that DN got in their head, and uh, we, Mr. Delawan did not have a great day at the office. No, he yeah, did not. 
Yeah, it's funny. We we literally brought up that uh, it was Halloween in '99. We brought up that game last week uh, with the with the false starts. I forgot it was Fred Miller. Uh, yeah, which it was is hilarious. Uh, it was our boy, my boy. Yeah. He earned the nickname Drive Killer Miller. <laughs> no. That's not a great nickname for an O lineman. Hey, uh, Zach Taylor, you mentioned Taylor Lewan. I mean, he's coming off an ACL, and he's he's probably the loudest guy on the team when it comes to social media. He has his own podcast. A lot of people really like him, but when you're loud and then you toss out a stinker like he did on Sunday, how do you respond? Because we saw him issue an apology through Twitter. What, what, what do you what do you take? Um, from that um i mean that's not my style i know that the social media stuff is uh you know sort of the the way people roll i'm not on facebook i'm not on that stuff so um i you know i know he's got like a podcast that does real well i know that's today's world i mean the influencers and all that stuff um you know if you're going to be very involved in that then you know, you got to be ready for the repercussions when uh, you end up really having a, a tough game. So, you know, he's going to obviously improve. I mean, he is a great player. And um, I think it was just sort of a technique thing. I mean, I literally think it was like, uh, I don't know how much he played in the preseason, but I think it was like, you know, oh my gosh, these are live bullets. You know, this is we're on now and I'm not on right now. So um, I don't see this being something that's, you know, gonna keep happening. Um, but no, uh, anytime that you're out there and you're, you know, you're pounding beers at the Preds games yes. and you're doing all this craziness, <laughs> yeah, he's gonna catch it. So yeah, um, he'll be remembered for this, you know, for the rest of the rest of his career, unfortunately. Yeah, it is one of those games where I don't know that Titans fans will be able to shake it from their memory. Obviously, if you know the team sees great success down the road, that's something they'll forget about. But right now, Taylor Lewan, I mean, the tweet that he did send out apologizing to Titans fans, his teammates, and everything, he got a lot of backlash. And when you're you're right, when you are vocal and when you're outspoken and you know just a big personality, you open yourself up to that criticism. Um, would you have rather just be as as his teammate would you have rather him just not said anything kept it internal and just went about his business because actions speak louder than words um i mean it's just a different time i mean and and uh you know when i rolled in that locker room at 22 23 years old and you had guys like bruce matthews and brad hopkins and john runyon you know, you had to get in line. I mean, you had to understand, know your role. Um, from day one, he has a little bit of a different personality. I respect his personality. I mean, I've met him a few times and he's always been good to me. I mean, I know he's, you know, he's got some confidence and, you know, it has a, a different personality. Um, I mean, People have asked if, you know, how similar we are. It's just a different deal. Um, I'd like to, you know, it, he's just a different bird. I mean, there's there's times where I've seen him on the sidelines in his Gilligan's Island hat. I mean, I would rip his hat off and toss it <laughs> punch him in his balls. I mean, there's just a different way of how we would have gone about things. Um, 
No, I hope he does really well because as far as him, his, you know, playing well, then that means the team's going to play well. So we have to have him. But I could only imagine how Bruce Matthews and even Munch and some of these old school, you know, oiler Titans would have kind of dealt with that situation because there is a little bit of a look at me. I mean, anytime um, any of us got in a situation where it was uh, us before the team, uh, you were going to be called out. And so it, um, it rarely happened. Um, so it probably would have been handled internally. I mean, we have, we had our moments and I was involved in moments. Um, but it's a, it's a new, new day now. What, what, what's one of those moments you were involved in? Can you, can you kind of let us know about that? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Any, I any, mean, you know, I mean, there had been different. Moments? There's been different moments. Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, moments is carrying a lot of weight right there, Zach. Yeah, I mean, there were. I mean, I've been. I don't know. I mean, I was. I was called out in meetings before, and you know, we, I, we've almost gotten in scraps, and there's just been, you know, moments. <laughs> that you just have to well, deal with and you know you move on and you realize that we're all in the same team i mean for you know i mean you know you're dealing with you know 10 12 alpha males in a room and uh you know people are going to rub each other the wrong way at some point over a season or over a career and uh you know but at the end of the day um i loved all my teammates and i hope i gained respect from them from uh you know uh I would hope that the that when I would go into be in the locker room before a game, they would say, "All right, we can count on that guy." You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. ever want to let my other guys down. That was very important to me. So you had to prepare. Well, all right. So let me ask you this: uh, We got Rip Van Winkle joining us right here. Uh, so Rip, let me ask you: the uh, <laughs> what would be if, if let's say you had Twitter back in 99 to 06 when you were playing and let's say you were active on Twitter, what would be the tweet? Like, was there ever a moment of something that you would maybe apologize for publicly apologize on Twitter for like, whether it be a game or a moment or something that you did, was there anything that you would be like, yeah, my bad guys. I apologize. Oh, probably every Sunday night after every game. No, uh, or <laughs> every Monday night. Uh, no, I mean, I would constantly be apologizing. I mean, sorry, Jose, guys, sorry. This, this is bad, Mr. Reese. I mean, you know, I Floyd Reese just passed away, and the, it's so sad because it makes you reflect on your life and uh, just how he believed in me. And there were, there were lot of times where he would uh i would be in his office and he he didn't have any more hair to lose but i'm sure i caused <laughs> a lot of stress in his world i mean uh coach fisher the same and and uh munch i mean munch would keep me in meetings uh after meetings and just kind of uh i mean he was like a father is like a father figure to me where he would be like you know, Pillar, I love you, but man, we gotta, we gotta straighten up here, bud. Like, 
like Fisher had told me a lot, like, hey, man, you would have been awesome on the 85 Bears, but this isn't the 85 Bears. Like, <laughs> you got to get your head out of your ass. So um, it took me a year for sure. My rookie year, I only dressed eight games. Uh, the year we went to the Super Bowl. I mean, um, I was uh, not mentally prepared to be in the NFL from a – I had a really hard time going from being a starter in college to being a backup. And I kind of uh, thought my self-worth was what you did on the field. And that was, a, I, that was a really hard for me to never be on the field because then I just thought I didn't have any worth in my own life. So I had a really hard time mentally dealing with being a being a backup and only dressing for eight games because I had never been a backup uh, as an athlete and uh, had a really really hard time dealing with that and the coaches to their credit and um, they stuck by me you know they stuck by me and said you know if you just go to work good things can happen for you and I and I tried my best to focus on that. Yeah. So, yeah. So how did, how did you overcome those, you know, those feelings of, you know, just uh, like worthlessness, I guess. Yeah. I had to, um, uh, just the off season, you know, going just working, just working, 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 working. And, um, that's all I did. Uh, I mean, I obviously still had fun with my teammates and, and, and screwed around, but my point is, is I really, uh, took it, much more serious um got in the playbook a lot more just did everything that you know I thought I was doing enough my rookie year but obviously it wasn't enough and then um was able to contribute you know my second year and then third year fourth and following so it was really a lot of uh just um I wouldn't say confidence I would almost say like having better preparation you know, when they yeah. did put me out there, I was accountable to everybody. That's that's something that a lot of, you know, football players can relate to. And on the Titans specifically, they just drafted Dylan Radins in the second round out of North Dakota State. He he won a national title in college. He, he was responsible for Trey Lance's blind side. And here he is. He gets drafted in the second round, goes to camp, and they completely rule him out of the right tackle competition. They move him inside. What do you think is going through his mind and what advice do you would you have for a guy like Dylan Radins who, you know, was the man in college and now falls all the way behind on the depth chart and really doesn't see the field early on in his career in the NFL? Yeah, I I I um I kind of follow that a little bit. And, and the, another thing that he's dealing with is he's really playing four positions, you know. He's playing both tackles and both guards. They're trying to find him. So, it's really difficult I would think for him. But I also, you know, if he could understand that, you know, think long term, you know, uh, get better each week and uh, try not to focus on the, the, like the, what's going on, you know, day to day and just keep improving. Because if you could just literally keep improving and hopefully they stick them at one spot, you know, I know it's good to, to know you know, the more you can do, the longer you'll stay in the league. But, um, you know, hopefully I don't know what they're doing at practice, but maybe they're keeping them on the right side at, at right tackle, right guard. But he'll have to find a niche because I know they're counting on him. And 
you know, this all goes back to the Isaiah Wilson situation that, you know, obviously that he never would have been drafted had Isaiah Wilson just slid right in at right tackle. So it kind of screwed the whole organization as a whole when somebody doesn't pan out, you know, what you're thinking. And then it just kind of snowballs in that direction because they they wouldn't have been looking for an OT, an offensive tackle, had uh, Isaiah Wilson, you know, been able to perform. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and it, it did put the Titans behind the eight ball, you know, you know, offensive in the offensive line. They they cut Dennis Kelly as well, but on the sidelines in the loss in the middle of the game, we saw Derrick Henry. There's a, there's a video out there that Derrick Henry is ripping into the offensive line on the sideline trying to ignite a spark. What was there ever a moment where Eddie George kind of pulled you guys aside and were like, it was like, hey, what the hell's going on? This is not the offensive line that we really are. Um, I haven't seen that video and, um, good for him for doing that. Um, no, we never really had any of those moments, uh, while I played for the Titans. Uh, like I said, um, you know, we had, we didn't play great. I mean, all the time, I promise you that, but we, you knew you knew that we were at least going to be uh accountable and we were going to uh you know get things corrected and um i don't think anybody ever needed to light a fire under us i mean we had some really awesome players uh benji olsen was as good a guard for 10 years as there was in the league you know uh, Brad Hopkins was as good a left tackle as there was. Um, you know, when Runyon left and, and um, Fred came over, Fred Miller came over, he, he picked up right where Runyon was and performed. And uh, our center evolved a little bit with uh, when I was there with like Bruce and we had uh, Gennaro DiNapoli that came to oh, Oakland. Yeah. And uh, – we had uh, Justin Hartwig that, you know, he was really a tackle from Kansas and Munch molded him into a center. So we had a lot of good players. Uh, Gennaro's the only guy I've ever seen uh, sign autographs while smoking a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny coming off. We had won a game on the road and we were under the, you know, in the tunnel getting on the buses and, uh, and he had had a, rough game he had had a couple holding penalties he was stressing out and he liked to smoke cigarettes and he went out there to smoke a cigarette and and somebody was asking for his autograph so i'm sitting on the bus actually watching him smoke cigarettes and sign autographs (laughs) a really beautiful moment (laughs) oh Oh, uh well uh i guess kind of in that vein and you, you brought it up earlier with uh taylor lawan um but if needed if, if ever called upon, would you ever be able to uh, shotgun a beer at a Preds playoff game? Like if they were like, Zach, listen, man, we need we need a tight former Titan here in the building to get the crowd hype. Uh, when the camera pants to you, can you just, I don't know, rip well, off your shirt and shotgun not, a beer? Believe it or not, I haven't. I've stopped drinking. When, you, when you're owning a couple bars, it can get <laughs> – pretty intense going (laughs) to work yeah and uh you're surrounded by like 30 taps and 
Yeah, right. Uh, so I haven't drank in two years, but I mean, oh. if I had to, and I mean, if this was like the, the <laughs> only way we were going to get a victory, I mean, I would do whatever it takes. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I appreciate answer. that. I appreciate that dedication. You guys have available. Yeah, let me know. Okay. <laughs> this is so wait, so you, has, it, has that been hard to stop drinking? Especially especially if you work in the bar industry. Like it, like when it is all around you, is it not like, do you ever just like, man, I could really use a drink right now? Like, um, It was, um, initially it was super hard because you have to, for me, I had to change everything. You know, because I um, just like a routine of, uh, you know, golfing every day or running every day. There was right. a routine of heading to the bar and drinking some beers every day. So you really did have to kind of change who you hung out with. And, you know, it's fine now. I, I, it, but initially, oh, it was difficult for probably the first uh, month or two, you know, yeah. and then you kind of figure out that you can like do just everything. Like I don't go out at night anymore. You know, I used to, right. not that I went out crazy at night, you know, in my older years, but um, you know, we had a parent's day out. We have a seven year old and uh, we had a parent's day out and we dropped them off there at this little, you know, gymnastics activity thing on Friday night. And my wife and I came home and sat on the couch for two and a half hours where <laughs> that was like parents night in really yeah yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah it's not really it's kind of now with the businesses it's crazy it's just much more you know we got a lot more respect from our employees and and it's just a different i mean it is a different way but yeah you know, it's it's fine because you do everything now that you were doing before you just you know not making an ass of yourself when you were a player, would you ever would you ever go out like like the night before the game or or no? They had um, it? they had a curfew. Okay, um, okay, you know, so really, Saturday nights were um, Saturday nights were pretty focused, and uh, you didn't want to get fined. You didn't want to, you know, cause yeah. a problem. You didn't. Uh, it was really the probably the best night of sleep. A lot of guys would get on the team and I'm sure the coaches as well, because, um, you know, you're kind of away from, you know, family or friends or right. distractions. So now curfew at 11, most of the time I was asleep by 10. I had a roommate, Jason Matthews, uh, on the road and at home, uh, for seven of the years. And he was a good roommate. He was in, uh, now you just eat your meal that night and have a team meeting and then head to the room and go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so Zach, your name came up last week. We do this segment on every episode called remember the Titan where Austin and I pick a Titan from uh, you know, a team in the past and kind of go down their Wikipedia and, and look up some interesting stuff about them. And you came up last week. Yeah, you were um, you were my just for the record, you were my remember the Titan Zach. Uh that's I, not true. You were actually mine, Zach. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, no, he so. was mine. Who was mine? He was yours? I think he was mine. Was he not? I thought I did Zach Tiller the pharmacist. It's a good pharmacist name because he, you know, obviously Oh Pillar. yeah, you did make that joke. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to review the tape. We'll have to go back and take we'll we'll go back and check the tape. You know, like but, Zach, you're familiar with checking tapes, you know, like you know, you go back and watch the tape. That's what 
what Jack and I'll do. We're gonna have to figure out for sure. Watch but one of us, one of us said you. That's <laughs> but so each That's of the one thing. I mean, even about this game. I mean, when when I was watching it, because I went to the game, and when I was watching it, I was like, oh god, you know, watching film on Mondays because the tape never lies. Right. Yeah. The tape never lies. So, you know, and and you feel. I mean, I know that he apologized on Twitter, and I'm talking about it. It wasn't just Luan. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't, you know, study the film, but I'm sure a lot of guys didn't play well. But you know, you miss a when there's a punt blocked, or you know, a field goal, or you know, somebody the quarterback gets you know a blindside shot, or you know, you you, you got a big run and you're the one guy that didn't block. I mean, you know it. I mean, the minute right. that it happens, the second it happens, the first thing you think about is tomorrow's film review is going to suck. You know? yeah. yeah. So we're 80 episodes in. We each do uh, a former Titan each episode. We're going to be doing our 159th and 160th Remember the Titan this week. Yeah. Is there a player that you played with that maybe Austin and I don't really remember as well that has an interesting background that we can look into? Yeah. Yeah. Like who's the most random Titan like teammate that you can remember from all your days? We've done DiNapoli, by the way. So he You're can't, right. he can't be and, on there. And we did Hartwig. Yeah. Yeah. Um, random that no one would know about that I'm trying to think I mean uh, rest in peace Todd Williams had a way crazy interesting background I, do you remember him? I don't think we've done he it. passed yeah. away uh, a few years ago an offensive tackle but he was homeless um, prior to coming to camp he went to FSU really great nice. quality individual Wow, what a story! We're gonna have to we're gonna have to look into him. Yeah, he was yeah, like a golden a golden gloves boxer. He never wore tape or gloves at practice, and uh, I was always crazy taped up um, and had all kind of stuff on my hands. And he, um, I've seen him get in a couple camp fights, <laughs> and it was pretty intense. Um, and he was pretty. He was a sweet, lovable. Had a big gold tooth, good guy, but yeah, he passed away a few years ago, and that was super sad. But he was—he was one of these guys that came from nothing. I mean, nothing, and um, yeah. that's the only thing that I can think about that kind of stuck in my head when you guys asked about. No, it. that's a—that's that's a, a great answer. That's a damn good one. Out of uh, Bradenton, Florida, uh, he also uh, so he played for the Titans from 2003 to 2005. Uh, but then also played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Green Bay Packers. Those were uh, practice squad offseason uh, signings for him. But then he also played for the, get this, the San Jose Sabercats and the California Redwoods. Yeah, that's UFL, baby. UFL, United <laughs> Football yeah, League. I was a UFL. I was a yeah. Florida Husker for about 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so what was that experience like? Was it it was great? Um I um I was sitting at Outback in Cool Springs drinking beers, and Ryan Long <laughs> called me and said, Hey, do you want to play football in this league? And I said, sure. Because uh, you never have closure. You know, a lot of guys in yes. the NFL, they um, you know, you hear about the quarterback. I mean, all the high paid, high priced guys, you know, I got cut. Uh, from the Titans, I'd blown my ankle out. And then I went to Detroit, and uh, they were breaking all the union rules. Rod Marinelli was the head coach. They were breaking all the union rules. Everybody was scared. And I was like, 
living in Detroit in a terrible apartment in a terrible part of town. I mean, like literally I would cross like eight mile when I would go back to my spot. And I was like, wait, isn't this where the Eminem <laughs> you know, thing was? And so everybody's bitching and moaning in the locker room. And I was like, well, I'll go ask him about the union rules. You know, I mean, let's just go press your luck. And, uh, I got cut the next day. You know? <laughs> oh uh, yeah, it was dirty. I, I love TV. the idea of, of you just chilling at Outback in Cool Springs. And someone just calls you and like, hey, you want to play in this league? And you're like, you just like look around. You're like, yeah, got nothing better to do. <laughs> Why not? On, yeah. It wasn't, yeah. And then um, when I went to the Giants, I made the team. And then uh, Coughlin called me and Strahan had come out of retirement. And, uh, Oh. They said, hey, dude, you, we need to find some cap space. So I was done. So I got cut by three teams in one off season, And then, you know, that the rest was history. So I literally, like, sat around, you know, going, oh, my God. Like, I didn't get a chance to, like, go out the way I wanted to, you know, like so many people do. So yeah. closure was very difficult for me. And then, um, yeah, when I got the call to be a Florida Tusker, I uh, – I, I drove down there, Ryan Long and I drove down there and we had like this crazy training camp and Jim Hazlitt was our head coach. Who's I know. <laughs> yes. the Titans. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, John, no, uh, Jay Gruden was our offensive coordinator. <laughs> and, uh, I blew my, I blew, I tore my pack or I blew my shoulder out. I did something during a drill and that was like, nice. You know, I officially know that I'm, done yeah so it gave me this closure of uh that it's i got nothing left so um i'm like that uh old dude in braveheart that has like the the arrow in his chest <laughs> yeah, right, right. i was like that guy so <laughs> i knew that it was i knew at that moment like i had done everything i i you know i, I had done it so that mm -hmm. thankfully thankful uh very thankful for the united football league well, Jack and I are going to have to get you on our other podcast, the Tusker Up podcast. Yeah, that uh, one's huge. <laughs> we talk all things Tusker football. <laughs> that one's deep. That <laughs> one's super deep. They had really good lunch. Oh, God, it was like a broke league. So um, our two -a -day, we have two-a-days, and we would uh, just take a break in between practices. I mean, it was mayhem, dude. It was long hours, a lot of violence, a lot of – and that's why my body gave out and yeah you know i drove back home but i had mentally i had the closure and it was huge i needed yeah. that any any good hazlitt stories on the way out yeah hazlitt was cool he was cool yeah. um no he was super cool um there were a lot of there were a lot of talented guys you know you get to that you know you get to roster spots of probably like you know 48 to 53 or 48 to 58, you know, those fringe guys, they're as good as anybody. You know, football, there's a lot of luck and timing and talent and coaching. You know, I promise you that, um, you know, not all general managers are as smart as they think they are and not all coaches are as great as they think they are. And, and um, you know, there's a reason why there's first round busts and there's a reason why undrafted players make rosters. Yeah. Just, yeah. You know, cause you really don't know. And then there's a lot of, there's just like in any walk of life, there's, 
there's politics to everything. I mean, you know, if I, you know, I mean, you could go down the line of, you know, maybe this guy's a third round pick and he's getting, you know, outperformed by the, the undrafted free agent, but as the GM, I got to keep the third round pick or how am I going to explain that to my, you know, owner that, yeah. Hey, we gave this money to this part, you know, so you'd see guys every, you know, here and there that you're like, wait, that guy got cut. He was yeah. totally killing. Yeah. You know, he was having a great camp and then you never hear from him. So, yeah, you know, it's just like, even when like a first round pick, he'll get cut and, uh, he'll bounce around like four other teams. I mean, Vic Beasley, you know, just recently, you know, yeah. he was terrible here. Yeah. And then I know he got a shot with Vegas. I don't know if he's on that team or not, but it's like, just because he was a first round pick, you know, right. somebody's yeah. going to bring him back in. You know, if you're a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick or undrafted, you know, you'll get a couple chances, but then they'll just move on. Right. Hey, um, last thing from me. We see Vrabel get out there with, you, you know, a little pat around his chest, doing drills with offensive linemen before the game. What would have happened if Jeff Fisher threw on that pad and, and got out <laughs> yeah. there with you guys pregame? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I mean, Fisher was always cool to me. You know, Fisher was cool. Uh, I would have taken it easy on old Coach Fisher. <laughs> oh, come on. What if your roster been- spot de- de- depended on it? You wouldn't have just – give him a jab in the chest oh yeah i mean if my roster spot depended on it i'd rather have done that to rod marinelli i would have sliced his ass up okay (laughs) that's that's who i probably would have uh funny story i got uh years later because i when marinelli cut me it was like recreating the evander holyfield looking for charlie steiner espn commercial when i was walking through the facility looking for his ass and i told him someday i'm gonna come back and like haunt you and uh (laughs) and uh and i left i left with my i left with my box of crap and i grabbed a few t-shirts on the way out like fuck it I'll, yeah I'll lying stuff and uh <laughs> and uh they played he was a d coordinator at dallas well i i got two tickets on the front row behind the bench of dallas and i had this huge sign that said fraud marinelli <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, made and uh, I sat behind the bench and just taunted him for a good probably the first half I, I left in the second half probably but uh, we locked eyes and that was a nice moment this is exactly by. like the nail gun guy in Happy Gilmore taunting yeah, right. Shooter McGavin right. yeah, I was that yeah, guy Mr. Larson. I was getting taunted by his you know his defensive players and I was going right back at him, but uh, we locked eyes, and I was mother effing him, and uh, it was a great moment. It was another wonderful moment. Yeah. That if social media was around, you know, it would have been pathetic. Uh, I would have caught it, but nah, that guy, he talked a big game, and I mean that all in all serious. I don't know if he's a war vet, and God bless all the, you know, veterans, but he talked a big game, but had no integrity whatsoever. As far as I'm concerned, he was, uh, um, you know, at the end of the day, he, uh, really treated his players poorly and he, he proved it by going zero and 16. I mean, he proved <laughs> that I was right. So 
You got Zach Piller got the last laugh of fraud yeah. here. Nelly. I'm happy for uh, you. Thank hey. you. <laughs> yeah, I needed that. I needed Mar- that. Marinelli is a veteran of the Vietnam War. He was wounded in Vietnam and contracted malaria. So, uh, uh, well, this is kind of a buzzkill, Zach. You you made fun of. <laughs> No, I didn't make fun. Of, I didn't make fun of any any veterans. I did not. No, no, no. The uh, with the sign, fraud Mar- Marinelli. You were uh, you were. No, taunting. I definitely was taunting him. He was, but he talked all this integrity and all this, you know, be whatever to your, whatever you know, your teammates. Yeah. And we're all in this thing together. <laughs> but you know, every one of his players was bitching and moaning about what they were doing to us, and I was the only one that said, "Hey, coach, what's up with the union rules around here, man? We're really." You know, we've been here all day and, you know, this and that, and you're breaking them and this and that. And, yeah. you know, I got cut the next day. And, well, he proved me right. He proved yeah. me right. You can't, yeah. you, you can't spell Marinelli without malaria. So that is true. That is, yeah, that's what they say. You can always fall back to that. <laughs> I'd love to enter, I'd love for somebody to interview him and bring my name up to him and watch him like turn beet red. And, yeah, like, right. I, I love the have, idea. Like, PTSD or whatever. He's probably at this game and he's like, some dude's just heckling my ass this whole game. And he turns around and he just sees this with the fraud Marinelli sign. Yeah, right. Like, it's like you'd expect that from like fans because fans are ridiculous and dumb, but like to have a former player. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. I have a long list, you know. Yeah, right. Steve Buscemi and uh, yeah, 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 and, and <laughs> Billy Madison. And Billy Madison. I had the long list, so I put lipstick on and stuff. I'm just right, right. I'll say this: Jack and I are glad we called that guy. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. Yeah, you guys are definitely not on the list. All right, good, good, good. <laughs> you guys are fine. He is Zach Piller, uh, guys. Probably, I mean, look. We said it last week when we when we brought him up as a remember Titan. Any offensive lineman who wears the number sixty nine is automatically funny, uh, and obviously Zach, you proved it uh, today. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, man. You were this was so much fun. We could literally talk to you for hours just about stories and everything. And uh, and yeah, again, like I just think it's awesome that we were able to get Brett Kiesel's younger brother uh, on the uh, on the podcast today. Uh, just to see that glorious beard. So, <laughs> thanks, guys. Anytime, man. Y'all call me up. You guys got a dead spot. I'm. I'll be sitting around. You're, Deal. You're we'll re- do it. You're gonna regret saying that because we will hit you back up and get you on the podcast very soon. So, anytime, fellas. Y'all take it easy and be good. All right, man. All right. Thanks, thanks Zach. Zach. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Hey, before we get to remember the Titan, uh, look, not saying, ju- just saying. It's a new new segment. I literally just made up right now. A new segment called "Not Saying, Just Saying." Baltimore Ravens lost on Monday Night Football to the Raiders to John what a Gruden. Game that what was an a great awesome game. game. It was a lot of fun to watch, especially knowing uh, the end result. Uh, because technically, the Raiders kind of won that game twice. If you were watching, they blew it on the one. They had the walk-off touchdown, and then they was reviewed that his knee hit before the end zone, and so then they had to run it back, and then they turned the ball over. Mm-hmm. Then the Ravens yeah. turned the ball over. Then the Raiders actually won on a wild play. Uh, but um, I just want to say that the Baltimore Ravens are 0-2 since stomping on the Titans logo. 
They have yet to win a game. This and that is a good point because you remember when the Titans stomped on the terrible towel and they yeah. didn't win a game for That's like 10 saying. games? Yep. That could easily be what's happening. And every single season in the NFL, there's one team that just can't catch a break. Just Murphy's Law, nothing goes right. And look at the uh, injuries that they had in, exactly. in training camp. I think the Baltimore Ravens are that team this year. I thought it was the Colts, but getting Winston Nelson back for week one means it's not. And it's, you know, you know, the Ravens are already on RB five right now. So yeah, Baltimore yeah, Ravens. I, I just, I don't, you know, a lot of people picked them to contend, you know, for the Super Bowl this season. If they can't do that, they're, they're if, too beat up. If you're a running back by trade, uh, whether you're, you, you play in the NFL or you're like a freelance running back, just looking for work and your phone rings and on the caller ID, you, you see Baltimore Ravens don't answer. Don't answer it because unless you hate walking, yeah, and or or if you love hospital beds, either one. <laughs> uh, like if you want to end up like Hugh Freeze in that one Liberty game, just, just pointing thumbs out thumbs up, <laughs> yeah, pointing out the box in a hospital bed. That's that's what you'll get if you sign with the Baltimore Ravens. Don't do it. And and look, and I know people are going to be like, "Hey, Austin, the Titans are zero and one since the Ravens stomped on their logo." Yeah, 0-1 is better than 0-2, okay? That's what I have to say about that, so suck it. And that's right. just math. That's just math. That's And that's our new segment. Uh, not saying, just saying. Uh, Jack, do you? Uh, let's get to remember time. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first just because my guy is a guy that we we discussed with Zach Piller, and that is drive killer Fred Miller. <laughs> yes, I love it. So Fred Miller went to Baylor. Um for college was drafted in the fifth round by the Rams in 96. And he ended up, yes, winning that Super Bowl in 99 against the Titans. But then the year after he was like, you know what? I like what the Titans have going on. I want to go play for him. So he comes to the Titans. He plays with the Titans from 2000 to 2004, finishes his career up in Chicago from 05 to 08. Um, but Fred Miller has got an interesting story. Uh, when he was in the NFL, a lot of stuff happened, a lot of weird stuff happened you know do you remember in that super bowl game who caught the first pass of the of the titan super bowl of, of the entire game in 99 who caught the first pass of that game uh, or the rams first pass i should say oh who got okay uh it, it i'll go on a limb i'll say either ricky prol or as a hair akeem it was fred miller on a tip pass stop yeah caught the first pass for the rams in that game uh, oh, I love that's a great trivia fact, isn't it? Yeah, it's, we need to first of all, we need to bring back tighten up trivia, and we need that should be the first question that we have. Oh man, that was so much work, but I, I, I'm down for it. <laughs> that was a lot of work. <laughs> here, here, how about this story, Austin? Yeah, in 2005, so Fred Miller's now on the Bears in 05. Yep, the Bears reported that Fred Miller broke his jaw while getting out of bed in the middle of the night. I remember this. But that is not what happened. Fred Miller's jaw was broken in an altercation with the sinner, Olin Krutz. Olin Krutz punched this man in the jaw, broke his jaw completely, and the Bears had the nerve to say that Fred Miller broke his jaw while getting out of bed in the middle of the night. Okay, real quick, real quick. Uh, I... I love this story. Main and, and and now that I'm hearing this story, I'm almost positive we've done Fred Miller again, which you guys cannot hold us. We've we've done him over Remember the Titan before. You can't hold us against that. Okay. 
it is. You don't know how hard it is to pick. Uh, this new is one fifty nine. This is number one fifty nine. But it's fine. Look, this deserves. If any story from Remember the Titan deserves a refresher, it's this one. You break your jaw in an altercation at work, and your job instead of admitting it happened on the workplace, probably because I don't know they don't want a Aflac to come knocking on their door and have to pay pay Fred Miller's family, you know, money because he got hurt while on the job. They instead say he he did it. What was it? Getting out of bed? Getting out of bed. That, that, dude, you want to talk about offensive linemen and buses. The Chicago, <laughs> Chicago Bears <laughs> threw their offensive linemen under the bus with that excuse. Like, that is brutal. They freaking. <laughs> Both they, were they, fined 50 grand. The, like, they were like, oh, no, no, no. He didn't hurt it in a fight at work, which would make sense. They, because they, he plays they, football, yeah. They, they chose the more embarrassing route. That would have been like, that would have been like, oh yeah, Fred Miller. Fred Miller didn't break his jaw in a fight at work. Uh, Fred Miller broke it uh, while having diarrhea on the toilet at home. <laughs> it's such a baseball injury, right? Like, doesn't every offseason one pitcher will slip in his shower and completely mess up his elbow or shoulder, there's, or or, there's or that- break his finger, or you know, who was it a couple of years ago that was that was chopping food? And cut his finger and had to miss significant time. I forget uh, there who was that picture was Trevor Bauer, uh, which uh, sorry well, to bring speaking him of up, missing yeah. significant time. Oh my yeah. gosh, uh, yeah, yeah, the the Bill Cosby of pitchers apparently. Uh, the, Trevor Bauer uh, injured his finger cleaning a drone. Um, John Smoltz once famously, well, this is allegedly burned himself while trying to iron his shirt while wearing it. <laughs> He was in a hurry. There was uh, Jeff Kent injured himself while stepping down off of the bed of his truck. <laughs> okay, that I believe because I've seen that happen before. Ken Griffey Jr. probably would have had been the new home run king and in and without doing steroids had he not <laughs> slipped while falling while walking out of the shower. See, there it is, the shower. Every, the shower gets somebody once in every few years. It, I, it, it always does. You will never see me more safe than when I am in the shower. Like I move like an elderly woman in the shower <laughs> because I'm just making sure I don't slip because I don't want to get one of those injuries because you know why? I don't have the fancy team doctors to look after me. I have to go to a damn doctor myself to go look at, get it looked at. So yeah, they, they never underestimate a shower injury because those could always be devastating. One last thing on Fred Miller. Do you, do you think that's why the Chicago Bears are so bad? Is because they just throw their players under the bus when they get in altercations at work? They just say, oh, no, he hurt it while falling out of bed like a doofus. Yeah, I, I don't know. The Bears have, from top to bottom, they are you know a huge mess. But last thing on Fred Miller, this yeah. guy jumped uh, – he was responsible for more false start penalties th- than I think anybody uh, who has ever played. In, t- in 1999, he was responsible for 11 false starts. 11. Okay. Five of which from the Titans game alone, right? Yes. Yeah. And I was at that game. I remember. So 62 false starts in his 192-game career, a lot of games. But to put that in perspective – Zach Piller, a disciplined lineman, a lineman of good faith, a good man, and good character, only had six false start penalties in seven seasons. Oh, okay. So, see, uh, I know they're good friends, but, man, Zach Piller should have, you know, just been there to tell drive killer Miller to, you know, just, hey, be like a statue. Wait for that ball to move. 
Rome, Jim Rome has this great bit where he always says, uh, you know, Scotty Pippen was exposed as being a bad tipper. And he said, you can't, you, you, you can't be a bad tipper when your name rhymes with tipping. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Gary Pinkle got a DUI one night. He said, you can't get caught with a DUI if your name rhymes with drinkle. All right. Did he really say that? That is a bizarre quote. What? He said that? Gary Pinkle said that? No, no, no. Jim Rome said it. Oh, okay. Jim, Jim okay. Rome. No, no, this is That's Jim Rome funny. just clowning on people okay. getting yeah, I got uh, legal troubles. Um, if, if Jim Rome was with us right now, he would probably say something like, you cannot be a drive killer. <laughs> like, you cannot get that many penalties if your name rhymes with drive killer yeah, miller, like drive yeah. killer miller is the that is the funniest nickname for an offensive <laughs> lineman if he's not on your team and think about this if that was zach pillar he could have easily been drive killer pillar that's true he, he that's dodged an entire point. bullet he did dodge a huge bullet with that so look it that's just that goes back to tell you like i'm trying to think does anything rhyme with lawan lawan Somebody else come up with something. Yeah, if you can come up, help, but, help us come up with a nickname. But yeah, back, back to that drive killer Miller and drive killer Pillar thing. That is a classic example of not being the slowest gazelle in the herd. If you're the slowest gazelle in the herd, the lion will get you. And in this case, yeah. the lion is the nickname drive killer. Drive killer Taylor. It's close. We need some workshopping. Yeah, we'll think of something definitely by the end of this episode. Maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah. You well here, you start thinking while I go over my Yeah, uh, go you you go you you take your remember the Titan. My remember the Titan. And again, I apologize if it's one we've already done before. Um, not that you guys would call us out for it anyway, because you guys are the best listening uh fan base in podcast history. You guys are awesome and we love you, each and every single one of you. And look, this is a time for us to all come together. We're all frustrated, but you know what? We can all cry on each other's shoulders together and that's what that's what this community is really here for so we love you uh rate review subscribe uh give us four and a half stars and buck five point five stars um my remember the titan is robert smith robert frederick smith all-time name all time uh, robert <laughs> like are you kidding me give me freaking cheese like uh, Anyone with the name with a, <laughs> any D lineman with bear in their name. Yeah. Just sign me up. So Robert Smith, a guy so nice. The Titans had him play on their team twice from 2000 to 2003. And then again in 2006, after two seasons with the Houston Texans, which I can't imagine were only were probably some of the darkest days of his professional career. That was pre Bill O'Brien though. The, those years could have easily yeah. been just average years. It was pre Bill O'Brien, but it was in the midst of David Carr and Ooh. people forget about how bad David Carr was. But, you know, I say that darkest days of his professional career. Actually, that was a lie because uh, in 2007, he went and signed with the Browns. So he finished uh. the last, uh, what, five seasons of his career with the Cleveland Browns. Now, uh, Robert Smith, uh, was drafted in the sixth round, 197th overall in the 2000 draft by the Titans. In his rookie year, played eight games, recorded six tackles, two and a half sacks, and one pass defense. <laughs> he recorded, in his rookie season, he recorded half as many sacks as Chandler Jones got on Sunday. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Die, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jack. It, people don't forget. 
In 2001, he played in 10 games, registering six, 16 tackles and two sacks again. Uh, and um, uh, the thing that I love about Robert Smith, he married his longtime girlfriend on March 13th, 2007 in Jamaica. Nice. That's right. Robert Smith is destination wedding guy. Hey, how many sacks did he finish with in his career? Uh, 21. 21. Okay. okay. Uh, Michael Strahan's record for most in a season, I believe. So that that would be just, you know, if the Cardinals and Titans played five times this season, that would be done by Chandler Jones. If the Titans, my gosh, think about this. If the Titans were in the Cardinals division, Chandler Jones would have half of Robert Smith's career output in sacks in, in two games. (laughs) <laughs> man that makes me sick sick to my stomach i'll Five tell you sacks. like how do you not like and even and then again goes back to freaking todd uh, todd downing like how do you not like i don't know double team the guy why do you not if you're if you're not gonna play action with derrick henry why not have derrick henry help chip just chip chandler him. jones just buy ryan, ryan Tannehill just a little bit of time i don't like make adjustments guys anyway sorry we're getting back to <laughs> Where we were. Uh, yeah. Robert Smith is a destination wedding guy. Jack, how do we feel about destination weddings? You know, as, as a man who is single and would love, you know, I would love to attend them. I, I, that would be fun as a guest. I don't think I would be having a destination wedding in, you know, one of these faraway lands just because I would want, you know, all my friends and family to be able to come. I just think, yeah, I think it's a lot to ask of, Especially it's like kind if, of selfish. If, if 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 it's a destination wedding for a family, that's tough. And here I am. It's funny. My sister had a destination wedding, but it was drivable. It was a drivable destination wedding. Okay, see, that's different. It was Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, Ooh, nice Floribama. Probably the reception. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, bachelor party. Floribama. <laughs> it was really funny. I got hit on by a drunk cougar there. It yeah. was wild. And then and then I turned her down, and literally my best friend was with me, and then he got hit on by the drunk cougar uh like as we're walking out the door we're like we're trying to leave and we're like lady look we gotta she go. just wanted to hear yes that night. and she hit me she hit him with the exact same line she hit me with <laughs> <laughs> like as if i wasn't standing right there and hearing her like what is, what, is, what, is, what is, did i not did what we have not mean anything to you drunk lady uh <laughs> so yeah family. i don't know i just feel like that the um destination wedding like it it it, it sucks the most if you're family and or in the wedding party because you have no choice. You have to attend that thing. Yeah, your schedule is, is completely reliant upon what, what they have in plan for you. you All know, the vacation days you accrued at work, they're going to gone, that thing. Gone, you had You had great plans for that year. You know, maybe it was an anniversary trip, but nope, nope. All going to the destination wedding. Now, to anyone listening to this right now that had a destination wedding, we're not talking about you. No, you guys yours are okay. Was, yours oh, was great. I'm yours sure there was, was a great. reason behind it. Oh, I'm, and I'm sure it's beautiful where yeah. you went, honestly. But to everyone who's not a tupper uh, that had a destination wedding, like, what the hell? Come on. Like, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> and, and destination wedding, people are almost as bad as the regular wedding people who have their weddings on holiday weekends. What what counts? Yes. Labor what? Day weekend, 4th of July weekend, uh, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Don't like why you're making yeah. people use their valuable weekend, three day weekend on to go to your wedding. Yeah. It, don't be the me guy. Don't be the look at me guy, <laughs> but um, it's just your wedding. And again, you know? <laughs> again, any tuppers who had them on those weekends, we're not talking about you. What, cl- talking- what do you, what do you constitute as a destination wedding? I mean, a plane ride 
for me, a plane ride under two hours, I'll do. Oh, really? Okay. Under two hours, which I mean, is pretty much like a bordering state. Sure. Right? Yeah, right, right. Because you could, I guess, probably a, bo- a bordering state be like because if you, if you didn't want to get married in Mississippi or Alabama and wanted to go, you know, up to beautiful Tennessee, then that's okay. We'll allow Right, right. But yeah, like we're talking like Miami. Yeah. Uh, I went to a wedding in Curacao one time. Okay, that qualifies 100%. I, but I will say, actually, now that I think back, that was actually a dope trip. That was yeah. fun. That was mm-hmm. that was a nice. What country is Curacao? Uh, I think it's its own country. Oh, yeah. It, I, think, it, I think Andrew I think Jones is from Curacao. It's he is he is. Yeah. So is Kenley Jansen. Uh, it is partially owned by Dutch or, or no Netherlands, the Netherlands. I thought it was a Netherlands thing. And yeah. and I think America. I think they've kind of like share custody. Like Netherlands has it on, you know, every other weekend. Yeah. <laughs> America has it. You know, they just split it. Uh all right. That's uh we're getting to the point where the end of the podcast where we just get loopy and start talking. Where about is Curacao? Yeah. It I it's 40 miles off of the coast of South America, I'm pretty sure. It's in the Caribbean, but it's so it's like real far south down there. Like it's right. close to the equator. Um 40 miles off the coast of Brazil, I want to say, if I'm not mistaken. I'll take your word for it. Great baseball down there. Incredible yeah. baseball, though. And they've they've got, like, one big stadium where, like, a ton of really good dudes play. And that's where, like, literally anyone who played in Curacao, that's where they came from, uh, nice. obviously. Great backstory. Good Thanks. Curacao story to end. I How did we get here? I honestly, Robert Smith <laughs> got married in Jamaica, and here we are talking about baseball players from Curacao. The Tighten Up Podcast, everyone. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, give us four and a half stars. Uh or actually leave a comment to make sure that when you give us five stars, that four and a half of those go to the Titan Up podcast and 0.5 of them go to Buck because we share a podcast feed with him. We just want, we just want, we want people to know where these, where the stars are going. And we appreciate literally Jack. And I, and I, I know I say this every week, but it's because I mean it every week, the community that we are building with this podcast. I am absolutely loving everyone on Twitter, reacting, interacting with us on Sundays and throughout the week. You guys are awesome. Freaking love you guys. And I like, we are building something special here with Titans fans. And when, when things suck, we will rally together and we will vent. We'll get it out of our system and we will move on to the next week, much like we're doing this week. But when things are great, we're going to celebrate together the highs of the highs. We're going to, when Derrick Henry face palms someone else's face, we, like that, we're going to freaking. We'll sing the praises all day long. We're going to go nuts. And that's when the, that's when it'll all be worth being in this community together. If you are a tupper, claim it loud and proud. You guys, you've earned it because not only do you listen to this podcast, but because you're a Titans fan. And that is, it's easy to be a Chiefs fan. It's easy to be a Saint. Well, Chiefs fan now, I guess they had a terrible history, but it's easy to be like a, you know, a a freaking Steelers fan, Steelers fan, Bucks fan. It's easy to be fans of those teams. It's not easy to be a Titans fan. Steelers fans kind of getting rough right now, too. But that means that means when the it does pay off for the Titans, it's going to be that much sweeter. Okay, so look, week and one will. sucked. Week one sucked, but it's behind us. We are now taking this podcast and everything we said in it, and we are burying it under the ground. Okay, we're, I'm, I've got a Seahawks shovel. hate week. I've got a shovel right here. I'm digging a hole. I don't know. You can't see me, but I'm seeing it. To, you, it's a good trust. 
that I'm yeah. pantomiming, digging a hole. Okay, Jack. Pretty good too. Jack, uh, I'm going to I'm going to take. I've got the podcast here in my hands right now. Go put it in that hole. I'm putting it in the hole. Do you want to say a few words before we we bury it? Maybe sprinkle some ashes on there. Uh, no, the ashes. Whose ashes would we be able to sprinkle on there? Maybe the ghost of Taylor Lewan who performed last Sunday or this past Sunday. Maybe yeah. maybe shitty. Uh, uh, it's like the Dark Spider Man. Have we talked? We've brought him up before. Ooh, ooh, I, I like where you're going with this. Dark Spider Man, Dark Taylor Lewan. Burn that guy. Yeah. He Bury does the, the awkward pot. awkward dancing in Spider-Man 3. Yeah, okay. with the with the all black suit. Yeah, yeah that's what like, I'm thinking of. It's Taylor Lewan. Like he looks like Taylor Lewan, but he's got Taylor Lewan, like his hair's like awkwardly gelled to the side. It was like, wait a minute, you look like Peter Parker, but you're not Peter Parker. What's yeah, it's, it's the classic Scooby-Doo rip off the mask, and it's somebody who's hipster. not that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm with you there. Okay. So that look, that Taylor Lewan's ashes are we're sprinkling into this hole. We're digging him up. We're burying him. Okay, that's R. it. R.I.P. Fake let Taylor Lewan. After you're done listening to this podcast, let's forget week one. Okay, let's forget week one. Let's move on. Got the Seahawks coming up. That's a big game. That's a big ass game for playoff implications for the Titans, but also for a litmus test of how much this team screwed their heads back on. Okay, they're gonna be better. They're going to be better than what they were. They have too much talent on their roster not to be, all right? It's just about figuring it out, and they will do so. I have the utmost faith, okay? Be Let's loud. get back on track. Be it loud, is. be proud. Let's go. Week one starts Sunday for us, okay? Look, we're used to 16-game schedules anyway. Apparently, so are the Titans, all right? So, <laughs> so our week one, our 16-game schedule starts on Sunday. Titans are going 16-0. and 0. Be, be loud, be proud freaking let's let's uh tighten the hell up okay Get right in seattle follow tighten up pod on twitter follow us on instagram at tighten up podcast follow jack on twitter at jack a gentry you can follow myself i'm at austin huff reach us on there look you tweeted us we're gonna tweet you back we're not like those prudes that are like we've got a podcast so we're better than you we're not everyone has a damn podcast okay so uh, give us a tweet. Let us know your thoughts on Titans or anything, what you got. Uh, Jack, do you got uh, anything for the road? Yes, one thing. I'm labeling Sunday's game as the Rain Bowl. Remember that conversation we had with Ben Arthur? It yeah. rains more here. We're the rain city. You're the coffee city. Stick to what you know. Rain Bowl. <laughs> rain 2021. Bowl. I hate you for that, man. I legitimately do. I gosh that would be like that'd be like freaking cleveland the browns playing us i'm like it's the music ball we've got better music in cleveland than you we have more rain per, we we nashville gets more inches in rain than seattle it just rains more frequently in seattle now if you if you told me nashville had more coffee shops than seattle i'd maybe believe you that's that's a thing too <laughs> that's all actually right. happening yeah all right my first game in my my Steve McNair Titans jersey. I think I think for podcast went pretty well. On my I'm gonna yeah, wear this. I'm gonna so wear too. this Steve McNair. I'm never taking this Steve McNair jersey off for the rest of my life. Well, you shouldn't. That should be tattooed onto you. Don't give me ideas that you don't want to see me pay up on. Titans, okay. 2021 Rainbow Champions. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. With that all said, tighten, tighten up. up. Ago when they played in the Houston Astrodome. 
They're the Tennessee Titans, they'll keep on fighting all the way. 